Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Sky back with you. Episode 293. Today we are breaking down the later game slate, including tonight's game versus the Falcons and the Panthers. Three games on the Sunday afternoon slate. Dallas and Philadelphia somehow claim Sunday night football, at least as of now. Hopefully we can get a better game flexed in. And then Monday night football as well, Tampa Bay and the New York Giants. Lucas Kayser back with me today. Lucas, how you doing, buddy? Man, I thought last week would be the, be the end of the Patriots meltdown or at least where I'd talk about it, but it's just not looking good. All my C.D. Lamb, Gallup, Edelman, Dak teams are slowly fading away, um, and, and I'm uh, yeah, it's not good. Not looking good for for half my teams. They're playing the 49ers, man. Are you that surprised? Uh, I mean, like I, I bet on the Niners, like I was all over the Niners, but like it, they, I don't know. It, it, I normally would have a reason why they're so bad right now, but like they're they're frankly isn't a reason i'm not for sure what to do with it well when the fourth string running back goes for three touchdowns in about three quarters and uh cam newton can't throw a pass he certainly can't run anymore i mean he's getting 50 60 yards a game but everybody knows the shtick uh your boy edelman's ready for retirement unfortunately they have no tight end presence their six running backs aren't doing much uh their offensive lines banged up their defense isn't their defense the Patriots are in trouble, man. Patriots are absolutely in trouble. And uh, the Bills are the real deal. The Dolphins, we'll see what happens with Tua coming in for Fitz, but they, they're they at 500. Um, the Jets are obviously a you know high school team at this point. But um, with seven teams making the playoffs, I think the Patriots are going to back in in the AFC because I just don't see enough competition to get them out of there. But they are not looking good right now, man. Um, they need to get it together in a hurry, two and four on the season clearly is not going to get it done. Worst loss in the Belichick era there uh, Sunday against the 49ers. So not good. I did have one other question for you, man. I'm curious, and we'll get into this game in just a little bit, but right off the top here as our resident Bronco fan, who's the best running back for the Broncos right now? Oh, it's, it's easily Philip Lindsay. Like I, not that I was excited that Melvin Gordon had a DUI, but I mean, it's not a coincidence that our offense looked better without Melvin Gordon um, two weeks ago versus whatever it was last week. I, I mean, I don't think it was Melvin Gordon's fault, obviously, that, that the offense looked terrible. But, but Lindsey's by far the better runner. And I, I don't know when when they're going to realize that. Clearly, I mean, the, the contract they got Gordon for, like, I mean, I would have taken that too. It wasn't like it was a bad contract or anything. But Lindsey's definitely still shown that he's the better runner. Um, depending on what to see, I, I don't think they're going to change the workload is the only problem. But I, I wish they kind of evened it out a little bit more. Yikes. 
we'll talk about the Broncos here coming up in a little bit, but it is interesting to see what's going on down there because it's uh, or over there. I should say for me, um, because Philip Lindsay does look like the clear best back, but then you have Melvin Gordon who you brought in. They still, I, man, give me some like local insight as to why, why Royce Freeman is just absolutely not allowed to play for this team. It, it blows my mind. Um, maybe I'm just spoiled with Oregon running backs, but uh, that just, I, I hope he gets traded so badly. Um, a lot of teams could use a, an extra running back and, He's just collecting dust, unfortunately. But all right, man, let's get into the afternoon games. Let's start with tonight's game, though, between the Falcons and the Panthers. Falcons come in at one and six. Panthers three and four on the season. There's talks that Christian McCaffrey has returned to practice. He is out of his non-contact jersey. He's practicing with a helmet. He's practicing in full with the ones. We've seen Mike Davis pretty much fill in. I would give him at least 85% of Christian McCaffrey until this last work. He's done a very, very good job uh, already filling in for him. When McCaffrey is healthy, he will come in, obviously, as the bona fide number one. But first question, Lucas, I guess, is do you expect Christian McCaffrey to even play on Thursday night? If he does, what are you doing with Mike Davis? On the other side with the wide receivers, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are kind of trading – weeks as to who's the number one option there for Teddy B DJ Moore gets a rushing touchdown and a deep bomb in this one Teddy Bridgewater one of the better streaming options on the week versus the Falcons who were worst against quarterbacks on the other side the Falcons continue to be the best bad team in the NFL which they have been for about five seasons you start everybody I guess on the Falcons here and Todd Gurley is my question there um, touchdown reliant, but the Panthers are horrendous against the run as well. So there should be a lot of fantasy gold in this one, right? So let's start with Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis, and then we'll get into the Falcons. So if McCaffrey plays, you're obviously playing him, right? And what are you doing with Mike Davis? And I guess the first question is, do you even think CMC plays tonight? Yeah, I think in a situation with the Thursday night game with obviously the the, the best fantasy player coming back, to, I guess, win his job. The part where it's tough is Mike Davis has played so good, and this team surprisingly is actually like picking up wins and competing in games. But I think due to them not really needing, I mean, if you're looking, if if they're looking at it like I am, you don't need McCaffrey compared to Davis to beat the Falcons in my eyes. Like you're not gonna lose anything by him not playing per se compared to what you've been putting up. So I don't think he'll play just due to the short week. Give him the extra three days of rest if they were to play Sunday. So like you're giving him three extra days um, and just roll with Mike Davis, which has been working. If he does play, I mean, you got to start McCaffrey. I would just, you would think that he would be more of a split if anything, because I mean, he's that we just got the report that he was in uh, when we're recording this Tuesday, that he's in his non-contact Jersey. So that would mean by tomorrow, most likely he needs to be taking contact. And I just don't see that possible on a one day flip to play Thursday when tomorrow's or Wednesday. So yesterday when you're listening to this was probably walkthrough day. So there really isn't any time to like fully know if he's good to go. So my guess is it'd be out. If he does play, I would say you play McCaffrey. And honestly, you could probably play Davis in your flex. Uh, the, the point total in this game is not set very high. Um, it's only set at like 49, I think, but obviously we both know the, the power of these offenses and the high, the high scoring that they do have. So I don't think you have to worry if both of them play. And then, yeah, you got to start everyone pretty much. 
Um, Curtis Samuel saw a lot more work than he has been last week. So I'd say he's kind of like the, the, the low end flex play, you could say with some upside. And on the flip side, I'd say Russell Gage kind of got some more targets back to what we thought he would the whole year. So he's probably entering that category, but yeah, start, start everyone else besides that. Um, hopefully Todd Gurley doesn't accidentally forget then remember to win the game this time. Or I don't, I don't know. It's just, just a, you know, you know, you're, you're the, like you said, the, the worst best team when DraftKings Sportsbook has a bet that you're going to be leading in the fourth quarter and then lose the game at like plus 350. So <laughs> it's just, it's not good for the Falcons here. Dude, that's the worst. And you know, uh, you got to pour one out quick for Todd Gurley. Uh, if, if listeners, you're not familiar with what we're talking about or you haven't seen a highlight yet for some reason, basically the Lions allowed him to score at the end of the game so that they could get the ball back with the chance to win, which ultimately they did. But Todd Gurley quite literally broke through the middle and had a, a wide open touchdown, easy walk-in touchdown, which the Lions allowed him to do. But he literally remembered that he probably shouldn't and they should just run out the clock with a first down. And so he basically tries to dive backwards as he's running into the end zone the ball happens to eclipse the uh, white goal line uh, and basically he accidentally scored a touchdown quite literally um, which uh, is just an odd situation but it actually affected the Falcons negatively as Matt Stafford and team got the ball back and had an incredible drive at the end of the game to of course once again come back from behind and beat the Falcons in a new way to lose which is phenomenal, but you fire up the rest of them. You got to fire up uh, Matt Ryan and, and the, the receivers, of course, and, uh, and Todd Gurley in this plus matchup. All right, man, let's get into your Broncos to kick off the Sunday slate Broncos at home here, two and four face off against the divisional foe chargers. Also at two and four, my boy Herbs gets a first dub of the season looking great with another uh, four touchdown performance. This game is another uh, low uh, over under at just 44 and a half. Um, Chargers are favored on the road here, which is interesting for the Broncos. We've talked about the running backs a little bit, but again, I, I want to hear how you feel about that. Is, is, is Philip Lindsay fully healthy? Is Melvin Gordon going to get more work uh, here now that he's back for week two? And then is Tim Patrick the real deal? Can we fire up uh, Jerry Judy? What's going on with Noah Fant, Albert O? And do we trust Drew Locke and Superflex on the other side with the Chargers, both of these running backs are pretty much getting the same amount of work. Jo- uh, J- uh, Joshua Kelly out touched um, by one and he got three more carries than Justin Jackson, but clearly that's pretty much an even split there. Neither one of them scored last year. Keenan Allen's an automatic Hunter Henry at tight end is an automatic at this point, but another question about Mike Williams, uh, is he going to be able to break loose against his shady um, secondary here for the Broncos? And uh, Justin Herbert at this point is, is an automatic every week. Although I do want to temper expectations. He's coming out of uh, sunny uh, LA out to, I believe there was snow last week in Denver during that game, uh, playing a tough uh, place to play always at mile high stadium. So how do you feel about Herbs and the rest of this game? Yeah. I mean, I think this is a game where, I mean, at least in the past with the, with the Phillip rivers uh, led charges, we've, the Broncos have basically killed them every time. I don't know, like, the scores exactly, but it seems like they just kind of control them uh, in these games. I couldn't tell you the reason. I don't really think there is one. It's just that circumstance on it. On the Broncos' side, I mean, I still worry about the Chargers' defense, like, being pretty solid. Chris Harris comes back to Denver for the first time. I think he's hurt still, though. I'm not exactly sure. But I think you just kind of stick with – 
who you normally start or who you have been starting. I think you start Locke and Superflex. Um, he's probably more of like a QB two and a half or three, if anything. Uh, there's a bunch of bye weeks, so he's probably considered a QB two this week. I still think start both running backs. Um, that could be just due to the bye weeks, but obviously Gordon, I would rank higher, a lot higher than Lindsay just due to the volume. The receivers are confusing because they – in a weird way, like don't care to get Judy the ball, which like it, people are like, like, what do you mean? And if you watch the games, like they're not like forcing Judy the ball where the Cowboys kind of were forcing Lamb the first couple of games with Dak. It sort of seemed like, and it, not like in a bad way or anything, they were just getting the ball him, the ball to him more frequently. Judy makes plays here and there, but I think him and Locke really aren't on the same page entirely yet, which totally makes sense. It's only week eight um, and Locke was banged up. So I'd say you start Judy, Tim Patrick, you should be able to start. And then Fant, yeah, I think you still got to start Fant. He got a lot of targets, not for sure how many, uh, but he was like the main focal point, main read on every single play uh, for this team. And if you're really desperate at tight end, yeah, Albert O, you mentioned um, pretty much the, uh, he got some like, I guess, garbage time at the end of the game, but he's pretty much been like the main red zone target, kind of shockingly. Uh, the last two weeks, I know there wasn't many red zone attempts last week, but the week before that, obviously Fant was out. But then they came out after the game and they said that Alberto like was their go-to red zone guy. Um, so he should start taking more of the tight end two reps on this team, which they do run 12 personnel quite a bit and just kind of mix in. So he's more of a deeper if like you're just absolutely good at a tight end, which probably not this week with the teams on the bye. And the Chargers side, yeah, the running backs are interesting because I thought it was going to be like full Justin Jackson after what we saw two weeks ago for three weeks, uh, whenever they played the Saints. But then it kind of even back out to like what it should be. Like I said, it should be Josh Kelly not changing his role and then Justin Jackson just kind of filling into Eckler. So you can start both them. Probably Broncos run defenses. Well, one, they're missing half their front seven to the IR or more than half probably, and it's not been that great. As we saw last week, that CEH basically ran all over them. And then the receivers, yes, I would say start Keenan Allen, obviously. And then I think Mike Williams – I mean, you're starting him trying to guess the games where the air yards turn into real yards, I guess. That's kind of been his, like, MO and fantasy for the last three, four years. So if you think that they're going to air the ball out a lot this game, then go for it. I guess I don't really know what answer to give because uh, if it's still snowing, obviously this would be Herbert's first snow game, and he's not used to playing in the snow being from uh, Oregon the last four years and then now in L.A. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, but I would lean on the side of – uh, like to throw an example, if you can play Curtis Samuel or Mike Williams, I'd play Curtis Samuel a game where there's not going to be a bunch of snow and probably more passing attempts. Um, so they're on the lower end of the streaming options for Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. I want to mention just a couple of these injury situations here for Denver. Uh, first of all, on your boy, or I guess your former boy, uh, Chris Harris, uh, he was placed on IR after week three for about, you know, four to six weeks. This will be week five. So as of right now, uh, I don't see a report whether he's going, he's definitely out or he's definitely going to play. Um, although they did have the bye week and he's been out a couple of weeks. So I guess there's a chance, but I haven't seen a report that he is going to play. So I would not expect Chris Harris Jr. to be in the slot. Um, but I look at Jerry Judy, you covered that well. Uh, my dude, uh, Tim Patrick has been phenomenal filling in here this year, uh, but he came up with a hamstring issue. He's day to day so far. He's got a soft tissue issue, which you never like. For wide receivers back to the backfield here Philip Lindsay entered the 
concussion protocol. So we'll see if he's able to get cleared for Sunday. If not, then I would feel very comfortable with Melvin Gordon. He handled 58 of the 70 backfield touches in the three games that Lindsay missed earlier in this year. So again, uh, Royce Freeman is clearly not a uh, threat to Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay. Uh, so I expect Melvin Gordon to, to take it and run if he's able to get the full start. If Lindsay plays, then uh, I think it's definitely going to be a backfield. And finally, Noah Fant, who did play all of uh, last game, but is returning from a, a high ankle sprain. So he wasn't at 100%, although he never came out of the game. Um, but I think Albert O is probably a safer option, just more healthy. And let's not forget, uh, that um, Albert O and uh, Drew Locke did uh, go to college together. So they already have that rapport, even though he's a rookie, they obviously have that rapport from a few years ago. So uh, he trusts them around the goal line there. So going to be an interesting game here. Of course, I'm i I'm a Herbert Homer. I'm not a Chargers fan necessarily, but I'm a, I'm a Herbert fan. Um, and he's played absolutely incredible this season. He's right now my uh, offensive rookie of the year ahead of Joe Burrow even after 406 yards against the Browns. Um, however, this could be a very uh, humbling game uh, up in Denver for uh, Herbert there. So we'll go over our pick at the end of the episode per usual, uh, but unfortunately I'm not as uh, confident in my boy this week. All right, man, let's get into the Saints and the Chicago Bears. Uh, Saints have looked good, even without Michael Thomas recently. The Bears... <laughs> The Bears finally got shown uh, on national TV that they are horrible. Um, yeah. Nick Foles is absolutely bad. Their defense is great, but cannot be great with a terrible offense. Allen Robinson and your buddy Darnell Mooney, I think, are top 20 receivers minimum, top 15 with an actual quarterback. David uh, Montgomery might have an opportunity as well if he had a, a, an offense that he could work with as well. But Nick Foles going to hold them back. So this five and two record now five and one before this weekend is fool's gold, which I think a lot of us saw, but uh, I expect that to even out over the next handful of weeks. And it could start this week, even in Chicago saints come in at four and two, the bears five and two saints are favored by four points uh, on the road here. You never like to see that uh, for the home team. Um, and look for the saints. I mean, you start your studs, you could throw in Jared cook at this point. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Latavius Murray as a flex. I recommended him last week. Um, he didn't score, but he got the work. Alvin Kamara's automatic is the number one running back in PPR formats. Drew Brees, um, I would fade this week if you possibly can. Being outside in Chicago on the road, I don't like that against a great defense that basically just shut down Jared Goff as well. Um, and then on the other side for Chicago, I mean, you got to start Allen Robinson, but he will probably get shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. So that's not awesome uh and you can flex either uh, anthony miller or darnell mooney if you're really stuck jimmy graham i think is an option here a nice uh you know uh, return to the saints here a revenge game if you will um but jimmy graham is is always uh worth touchdown upside here and nick Foles is just um not playable at all uh the this game i think is going to be a low scoring old school you know just uh, kind of punch in the mouth on the line of scrimmage type of game other than Alvin Kamara, um, I, I'm not excited about any other option in this game except for maybe Jimmy Graham if he catches a touchdown. Am I, uh, am I being too conservative? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. So surprisingly, like, the Bears defense, I mean, we talked about it maybe last week or two, I don't know, whenever we talked about it. They're, they're, like, weirdly good in the sense of, like, 
fantasy quarterbacks don't score. I think they're actually like number one or number two. I think the Colts are up there because the Colts defense is kind of in the same boat where like fantasy quarterbacks like just don't score points on them. I don't know if that's a subject of because they get up the whole game so they run the ball. I don't know if it's because the quarterbacks they, they play aren't good. Like there's a whole lot of things besides like they're just that good on not allowing points to quarterbacks because I think you could say the Bears defense is good. Then you watch last night where like they're still not bad, but like they just aren't creating any turnovers. They're not causing any confusion for the quarterbacks. But for some reason, like they're just not making, uh, they're just not getting a lot of fantasy points. And I, and I, I guess if I had to pinpoint it, I think it's because the Bears just aren't, to, besides their record, they just kind of aren't like coming back in these games where they get down early on per se, or they're just like not really creating separation to where they're going to be throwing the ball, I guess you could say. Surprise! And I think they're at like a 76% uh, passing rate too. So you'd think that Foles would be able to even it out with the high passing rate. But no, he's clearly bad. Yeah, Darnell Mooney, uh, two-lane guy right there. He's he's legit, obviously. Um, we, we hyped him up back in, oh gosh, April, whenever, whenever Rifkin came on uh, him. And then, yeah, A-Rob. But yeah, I think, I mean, I guess I don't know if Michael Thomas is ever going to play football. Maybe he thought the season got delayed or something because I finally drafted him in like three leagues this year just to get bit back on that. Um, so if he plays, obviously you play him. But no, I, I think it's I think it's Kamara and then like uh, obviously A-Rob and then potentially like Jimmy Graham if you need tight end help. Or I think I'll be playing Mooney in a couple of dynasty leagues uh, just due to bye weeks um, for Jacksonville and Arizona here. Arnold Mooney is constantly open, just getting overthrown, overthrown by 10 yards or underthrown by 10 yards. And this whole time we thought Mitch Trubisky was the problem. Uh, I've been saying for two years on the podcast with this whole Nick Foles thing, as soon as he went to Chicago, I was like, look, this is, this is not an upgrade. Um, This is, this is not going to help the bears offense. Look, he looked really good when he came in. I think what they should do, because clearly Foles is like legit in relief. So if Trubisky just played the first half and Foles plays the second half, I think they'll be fine because Mitch usually starts hot and then he blows it late. And Foles is terrible, but he can do well in relief. So if they just had a two-quarterback system where they just do Mitch first two quarters and Foles next two quarters, they might actually be all right. But, man, the Bears are tough, and I just can't wait for Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller, uh, as well as Allen Robinson, to – actually get a quarterback and I think it's an absolute long shot that they get a quarterback and before the trade deadline because of these two guys here but um I just hope for Dweez and other Bears fans they don't blow it enough to get a late round pick and miss out on some of these quarterbacks because they could definitely use some help for the future all right let's move into what should be the Sunday night football game between the 49ers and the Seahawks I understand the Seahawks were flexed in Last Sunday with the Cardinals because we were worried about the Buccaneers and Raiders COVID scare. That game ended up playing. Brady went nuts on the Raiders. They moved the Cardinals and the Seahawks to Sunday night. Phenomenal game. Goes to overtime. It goes back and forth. Eventually the Cardinals get the best of the Seahawks. First loss of the season. I think they should flex this game again back into Sunday night football. They can even do the Steelers and Ravens game, which I think would be an excellent flex as well. Nonetheless, Unfortunately, we don't make those decisions. So this game as of right now is in the afternoon here in Seattle. 49ers coming in. Seattle has the worst uh, defense of secondary. they still without Jamal Adams against wide receivers. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of see if Brandon Ayuk can be a, a real receiver. Um, over 100 yards last week 
Debo Samuel goes out with a hamstring. George Kittle, obviously automatic there. Maybe a Kendrick Bourne if you're super desperate there at wide receiver. Running backs is going to be interesting. I wrote up my waiver wire column, and it was Tevin Coleman if he's available, Jermichael Hasty if he's available. I don't think Jarek McKinnon is going to get the work even because Shanahan doesn't want him to unless Coleman can't go. Jeff Wilson's out. Raheem Mostert's out. It's a mess. I wouldn't be surprised if even the Niners look at a running back at the, uh, at the deadline here. Jimmy Garoppolo, super flex. If you need a streamer, go for it. Seahawks ends. Start start DK, obviously. Start Lockett, who went for 200 yards on 20 targets and three touchdowns. Russell, obviously, automatic. And Carlos Hyde, potentially, being the starter here with Chris Carson, questionable to come in with a mid-foot sprain. So, should be a lot of uh, fantasy fireworks in this game. These teams played three times last year. Each game was decided by a field goal or less, and every single one of them came down to the last drive of the game. I'm expecting a very, very good game. As a Niner fan going into Seattle, I'm worried about this one, but I, I think we can get it if we play a little bit of defense. But this should be the game of the week easy on uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. Like, you're starting everyone on Seattle that you normally would. Maybe Carlos Hyde. I don't – I don't. Uh, I guess, like, I don't know, because it was kind of like a fluky, like, in certain of, like, his snap percentage and his touches. Like, obviously, that's going to happen here or there. So I'd say, if possible – don't force it in there because that could have just been one of those games where they happen to not put back in Chris Carson on one driver, a driver two here and there. So I'd say wait and see because it could be more of a trend to where they're uh, not really splitting, but maybe going more like 65 35 than a true 75 25. Uh, start both receivers, start Russ, obviously. On the flip side, you got to start Jimmy G. Um, I, uh, the I was all over the Niners last week because they attacked the part of the the Patriots, the middle, the the front seven, where that's where the Niners sort of make their money, obviously with the low A dot. I don't really like, there's not really a strength of the Seattle defense. I'm not really worried about Jimmy G in this matchup. Uh, the receivers, you start Samuel, you start Ayuk. Um, Kendrick Bourne was projected quite a bit of points on ESPN. I don't really know why, because I was kind of like trying to process that for, for waiver wires. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I don't really know. He didn't play last week, but I would just say stay away from him because I think he's a little banged up. And then obviously Kittle. The running backs, I you're still flipping coins. I feel like I would think Jeff Wilson would be the main guy after last week. But then like Hasty saw some more work and he's projected a lot of points this week. I know those don't always mean anything, but like they kind of do a little bit. And then they said that they the plane was to sit McKinnon which makes zero sense nah. against Bill Belichick. I mean, yeah, like you're not, you're planning to sit I'm just going to maybe your best running back against Bill Belichick. Like that makes zero sense in a statement game on the road. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't really know what to do with that. I would just say you play Jeff Wilson. If you have to play hasty, just due to the bye weeks, which I think I might have to just because James Robinson and Kenyon Drake and uh, Gibson are out this week. Uh, then I would think it's okay. I mean, this is going to be, like you said, a high scoring game, uh, which could go either way. It could be, exactly what the Niners was last week and just running down the Patriots throats or it could be them throwing it. But either way, I think, I think Wilson and hasty will definitely get their shares just like they did last week. Yeah. And hasty could potentially be the dude. I mean, Jeff Wilson was carted off the field with his high ankle sprain. So he's not looking good probably for the next couple of weeks. McKinnon just doesn't seem to be wanted. Um, and he will probably get passing down work because that's what he's good at, but he's just not good at being a future, a featured running back um and then of course you know they they have coleman coming back off of 
IR too. So, you know, they have five running backs in this stable and all of them are getting plenty of work this year for the 49ers. So it's going to be uh, going to be very interesting to see how this game unfolds for NFL purposes and uh, for the NFL. All right, let's dive into the unfortunate Sunday night game between Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, man, this is, you know, it's tough enough uh, right now. And, and we have, now we have our entertainment just being shunned, unfortunately here. So Cowboys come in at two and five, they lose their backup quarterback in Andy Dalton to an illegal, terrible, gruesome late hit uh, that knocked him out, knocked his helmet off, knocked him out. So now we get Ben DiNucci coming in from James Madison university up against the Eagles who uh, they're kind of like the Falcons. They should have five wins on the season and they don't, they're coming in two, four and one. I think the Eagles run them in this game. Uh, Eagles are favored by more than a touchdown here at home for the Cowboys, man. The obvious question is, can you start any of these wide receivers? You have to start Zeke because he's Zeke and he's a running back, but the Eagles front seven is some of the best in the league. So I do not expect a big game from Zeke. And on the flip side, are you okay with uh, Boston Scott running again this week, who honestly was going to be a complete bust and caught a touchdown with 14 seconds left in the game? Somehow, Lucas, you and I played each other in in the TCK Listener League last week, and you accidentally started a Richard Rodgers, which turned out to be a fantastic start. He comes out, he has – 85 yards on the week, which is more than Zach Ertz has had in any given week this season. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard still out. And then you have Fulgham, who's been playing very well, Ward playing very well, and we have uh, potentially Jalen Rager eligible to come out and reactivate it off of IR. So Carson Wentz should be an automatic here against the Cowboys, a streamer of the week for sure. And I think the Eagles seems easy to me. If you have some of the Eagles, you fire them up because the Cowboys are pathetic. Even the Eagles defense, great streamer this week. The Cowboys, though, have gone from the best offensive in the NFL to borderline droppable in fantasy in two weeks. Other than Zeke, can I start anybody on the Cowboys? I I hope so, I think is the answer. Like, this is not good because I remember before the season, I was saying I, I hope to come out of every draft with at least one Cowboys player, right? And I think a lot of people kind of had that mindset. Um and I just – I don't know. Because, like, I, I want to say I was on, like, pro, like, Andy Dalton will be okay. You just have to decrease the the sort of median projection for these players every week, right? Instead of 18, they might get 14, which is still okay on an every week basis. But, like, it, it just blew up. So, I don't know if Andy Dalton's bad. I don't think Ben DiNucci's any good. But this could be a situation where – we see like Brett Ripon comes in for the Broncos and they put up 37 points. Like granted it's the jets, but like still the, the process of like teams rallying around them. And I, frankly, you would think that'd be the case in it where they're one game out of the division and they're allowing like 35 points per game. Right. Like, so I, <laughs> I, I, I hope, I guess you can't drop them now. Like obviously Gallup's probably dropped, but like you got to hold on to lamb and Cooper. Obviously you're not going to drop Cooper. Uh, hold on to Pollard still. I don't want to say play Danucci because don't obviously super flex. Like if you got to pick him up just for depth or whatever, then go for it. But I don't know. Like it's, I, I bet people, cause I mean, if you talk to any Cowboys fans, they're like, Oh, our team's hurt. Yeah. So is every other team. The Broncos have like 12 starters on the IR. Like it's the Niners have their whole D line on the IR. The Patriots whole line was on the IR for the last two weeks. Like, it's not injuries because I mean, good teams have depth, right? The Cowboys clearly didn't as we are seeing, um, so I would just say 
uh, to be determined this week. If you can't do it against the Eagles defense, who has literally done nothing all year, like I don't know when you're going to do it um, pretty much is how I see it, especially in a game that is prime time. If you win this, you're tied back for the division lead and right back to square one. So I think we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And yeah, I hope they flex this out because I will not be watching if Dallas and Philadelphia are playing on Sunday night. Would you rather see now you're unbiased, you know, I'm biased. I'm a Niner guy and I make no, uh, no, you know, shame about that on the podcast. You're unbiased here. Would you rather see personally Sunday night football? Would you rather see Ravens and Steelers or Seahawks and Niners? Um, Both should be incredible games and potentially deep playoff matchups as well. I would say Seahawks and Niners probably because that's, I don't know, like Sunday night, I like watching a game where like it's exciting. I don't know, football is exciting, but like it's like last week, higher scoring. Cause like, I mean, I'm not saying that Pittsburgh, Baltimore won't, won't be, but I'd rather watch Pittsburgh and Baltimore at one when I'm flipping through all the games and rather just watch Seattle, San Francisco, like at a, at a one-time game. And because they kind of have the, 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 obviously last year they had a couple of good games and they just kind of have that weird, like Seattle on prime time usually ends up being, the craziest game of the year every single time they play. So I, I would pick them. Yeah, fair enough. Unfortunately, the primetime games this week are rough, man. Listen to these records. Thursday night football, Falcons and Panthers, one and six versus three and four. Sunday night football, as of now, Cowboys versus Eagles, two and five at two, four and one. Monday night football between the Buccaneers and the Giants, Brady and Bunch, five and two, respectable. The Giants, one and and six let's get to Monday night football here and then we will get into our picks and get out of here the Buccaneers are favored by 10 and a half points on the road which is rough Tom Brady throws four touchdowns last week runs in for another one five on the five on the weekend Gronk dude your buddy you might have to go from Edelman to Gronk and I'll allow it if you do it this week but we'll go we'll go from there Gronkowski number two tight end on the week last week that's right folks Chris Godwin fractures a finger. He is out for this particular week. Antonio Brown, not in yet, but he is coming in for the Buccaneers eventually. Mike Evans has been absolutely fantastic without Godwin in uh, play this season, so I expect a bigger game from him. Leonard Fournette gets more work with Ronald Jones. That looks like more of a timeshare, which we expected. Now Leonard Fournette's had a couple of weeks to to get in uh, to the system, and I think they will be getting him more work there. And on the Giants side, man, Daniel Jones, you know, all laughs aside from his, uh, his stumble, he's just not looked good this season. Uh, Sterling Sharp catches a touchdown to save his game. Darius Slayton, I think, would be fantastic on many other teams. I think he's a great individual player, but not doing much this season. Evan Ingram, I mean, there's only so many times you can say this guy is so talented. He's so talented. He's so talented. But he is very talented and bad at the same time, if that makes sense. And – I think the Buccaneers defense is the number one defense on the slate this week. They are absolutely crushing teams. They, they beat up on the Packers two weeks ago. Uh, they slammed uh, Josh Jacobs and the uh, Raiders. Josh Jacobs had 30 rushing yards or 30 total yards, excuse me, last week. Uh, the Bucks are incredible. And there seems to be no run game here with maybe Devonta Freeman, maybe Wayne Gallman, maybe Deion Lewis. I'm not interested. So Start your Bucks, sit your Giants. Is it that easy? I think, yeah. I mean, start the Bucks. Yeah, Fournette's going to be kind of the the two minute drill back per se. Um, which obviously in this game, I wouldn't imagine there's going to be many of those. But I think we'll see 
more of the the 60 40 that we thought um before Fournette was banged up and kind of just sort of working in um yeah I mean I think if Gronk keeps up this target share yeah he definitely will produce they kind of finally like started using him instead of switching between like Tanner Hudson, Brate, Gronk, and OJ Howard to start the year. Didn't really make any sense. Uh, I think though, like Daniel Jones and Shepard, I think are kind of a sneaky sort of play this week on the basis of it's a 10 and a half point spread. Uh, I think that the giants will cover this on the basis of Tampa Bay plays new Orleans next week. Uh, that's usually in betting. We call those like look ahead lines. I know those are like, doesn't really affect um, like fantasy per se, but the bucks, maybe when they, sort of get a lead and kind of pull off but just kind of not really care to drop the hammer um like a 20 20 point win or something like that if because they're going to be more game planning for the return of antonio brown for the saints game um so i think maybe we'll see some late points um kind of swing in the giants direction in terms of fantasy points but uh with the bye weeks though you might have to considering that kyler and um watson are on a bye you might have to play daniel jones in a super flex league or maybe even a one quarterback league Oof. Going to be tough, man. He does have that rushing floor, clearly. And again, look, I mean, he stumbled. It sucked. You could tell that he was running out of gas, unfortunately. Um, but the reality is he was just as fast as Tyreek Hill's fastest play. And DK Metcalf, who had, I think, the play of the year on a uh, potential pick six um, last weekend, he was just as fast. So speed-wise, Daniel Jones can get it done. And, uh, you know, it just it just sucks that this – Giants offense with so much young talent and potential is just so bad. And I can't imagine Saquon Barkley being out is the reason, but again, he got hurt last year. He's hurt again this year and, and they've been struggling mightily and uh, the Buccaneers should make uh, short work of the Giants on Monday night football. All right, Lucas, let's get into your picks and we will get out of here. Um, real easy, man. We've gone through all the analysis. Let's make it easy. We'll start with tonight's game in Carolina Falcons, at Panthers with or without Christian McCaffrey? And if your answer is determined whether he plays or not, feel free to mention that. I mean, I think it's a complete coin flip in this game. Both teams are literally the exact same. So I'll just take uh, I'll just take Carolina, the home team. I'm going to take Carolina, the home team as well. I think that their defense is much better than we get it credit for. And the Falcons find ways to lose. Last time they were out, Matt Ryan had seven fantasy points in this game. They got pretty beat up. It was without Julio Jones. He is back now, uh, but I do expect the uh, Carolina Panthers to play well at home uh, Thursday night. So I'll take the Carolina Panthers as well. Let's move down to the afternoon games here. We got the Chargers and your Denver Broncos. Seems like an easy pick for you. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to have to follow out Denver as well against my better judgment. Love me some Herbert. I hope he throws for another four touchdowns, but I got to take Denver in the big house up at mile high, I would imagine you're doing the same. Yeah. I mean, the only weeks I don't pick Denver against the the chiefs. Uh, but yeah, I, mean, I don't think Denver's a better team at all, to be honest in this game. I just think that if there's snow, which I don't see where there would not be snow um, considering the temperature hasn't changed. Um, and then it's just going to be Herbert's like legit first cold game against a good defense um, who frankly played good last week. I mean, the, we mm-hmm. gave the chiefs like 28, or maybe all their points considering how bad our offense and special teams and mm-hmm. et cetera were. So, I mean, I think Herbert will struggle a little bit, um, but could be wrong. Cause he's, he's been playing. Uh, yeah. No, not like dude. himself. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's just like, like Burrow's playing good and like Herbert playing so much better. And it's, just, it's weird to like, think that was even like in the range of outcomes. 
pretty amazing pretty amazing and i i love to see it just as a, a duck and rooting for this kid for for a long time since high school so i'm pretty pumped on it um i have to say too that denver in this covid season where we're not ha- i mean we're starting to have fans but not full stadiums we don't have a full like the uh seattle the 12s right their fan base isn't full new orleans uh, superdome isn't full uh kansas city stadium is not full at arrowhead denver still has one of the few home field advantages true home field advantages in the league because of the altitude in denver plus the snow plus it being outside and that altitude's a real thing i mean melvin gordon when he joined the team straight up was like i'm having trouble uh you know acclimating to being up so high um up past five thousand feet there up in the rockies so uh, that is a uh, interesting obstacle there for Herbert and the rest of the Chargers who play at sea level um, in uh, uh, L.A., of course. All right, so Broncos each there. Let's go into the New Orleans Saints and the Chicago Bears. This game is in Chicago. Saints or Bears, who you got? If the, I've known Saints. If the Bears would have looked a little bit better last night, I might have flipped to them. But not. it's not like a short week is going to fix your offense um, when it's that bad, frankly. <laughs> This strictly, I'm going to go with the Bears, and I do not think the Bears are, are could even hold the Saints jock, to be perfectly honest with you. And if the Saints win this game by four touchdowns, I will take the loss on the pick and be not surprised at all. This strictly has to do with Drew Brees playing outside on the road without Michael Thomas. Now, the Bears' offense is terrible. Their defense, though, I think is very good. And Khalil Mack, uh, uh, Hakeem Nix up front, and um, uh, oh, his name's uh, Eddie Jackson uh, uh, in the secondary. Yeah, they have all yeah. they have all been playing very very well. Shut down the Rams, which is a high powered offense. Um, and I just think that the Bears could potentially sneak one out. They've won five games this year. They didn't have any business doing, and this could be another one potentially. So as long as Foles doesn't blow it. I think that the Bears have a chance in this one. I'm going to take them at home, but it's more because Drew Brees is traveling and, you know, in the elements as well. It's starting to get cold all over the country. Chicago could get really nasty this time of year, and Drew Brees is used to playing inside most of his career. So I'm going to take the Bears in uh, maybe the upset uh, of the week, potentially. All right, 49ers, Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. I think I'm just going to go Seattle just because they lost last week on dumb mistakes. And those mistakes are ones that uh, that can be fixed. You can fix the dumb interceptions uh, just by changing reads. So I think they, uh, the Seattle Seahawks snagged this one. It's going to be close, though, just like they were last year. I'm going to go with the 49ers because I have to, but also I just think that they might be able to run them into submission. And the 49ers game plan is going to be exactly the same as what it was against the Patriots. It's going to be run, 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 keep that Seahawks offense off the field. The difference is Seattle can legitimately score on three plays every drive. So if, if Seattle got 15 plays in this game, they could score five touchdowns, which would be too much for the uh, Jimmy G-led Niners to overcome. But uh, I think the Niners are going to do work. And this is a huge – like Seattle has to win this game to stay up in, in top of the division at home versus a rival and not win, losing two games in a row. I'm sure they'll talk about it on Sunday. I'm not sure how often Russell Wilson's even lost two games in a row, frankly, back-to-back. However, the 49ers must win this game. This is the best division in football easily. And they have to keep pace with the Cardinals and the Rams – 
and of course the Seahawks, if the Niners can win this game, I think it's going to really send a message out to the rest of that division. Um, and there is a legitimate mathematical chance, Lucas, that all four of these NFC West teams could make the playoffs this year with that seventh team, which I think is just phenomenal. And I would love, love to see all four of these NFC West teams in the playoffs potentially. All right. Sunday night football. Speaking of making the playoffs, not the Cowboys or the Eagles, but Sunday night football, Dallas at Philadelphia. I mean, I'm going to go Philadelphia, but I don't even think like they're a good team either. I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they should win this game just because they're, they're, Wentz is good enough to overcome the bad play where Dalton was not. But either way, both these teams are completely overrated, even with the injuries. <laughs> I'm going to take Philadelphia, too. They've actually looked quite good. I'm not a fan of Wentz, but he's the start of the week this week against his offense or against his uh, Dallas defense. And, and frankly, I mean, the Washington football team is is horrendous, but they have heart and they give a shit and they're trying mainly because of their coach uh, who, you know, shouts out to uh, Ron Rivera and everything he's accomplished and going through this season, but he's also brought a new culture and mentality to that franchise. Um, but they're playing hard, even though they're young and they're bad and they know it, but they're playing hard. The Cowboys have got punched in the mouth with the Dak situation, but they were losing games before that. They have no defense. They have no offensive line, defensive line, and you know, they have no quarterback. So I, I think, I think Philadelphia runs them because it's this division. It'll be a close game just because Wentz will refuse to put them away somehow, but I think Wentz gets it done late. All right, finally, Tampa Bay versus New York football giants. This is in New Jersey on Monday Night Football. Who you got, Bucks or Giants? I'm going to go Bucks. I think it's going to be closer, though, like I said, than, than people think. I think that the Bucks need to um, come back and uh, revenge their week one embarrassment and kind of get ready for the Saints game next week. But, so I think Bucks, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I think it's Bucks, and I don't think it's close at all. Um, I just think they're gonna they're gonna be able to wrap up. Uh, they're gonna be ra- uh, able to wrap up Daniel Jones. I think they're gonna be just fine. I'm a little bit worried about Mike Evans specifically in this game because of Bradbury. He has been absolutely phenomenal against everyone he's played uh, so far this season. So I'm worried about Evans, but Brady will just find everybody else. Um, and Tyler Johnson, uh, Scotty Miller, Gronk. Um, I, I think they'll be just fine. They have, you know, two capable running backs. The Giants rush defense has been pretty solid this season, but I think that the Buccaneers overall offense will get it done. And I just, there's just no way that uh, Tom Brady is going to lose this game in prime time uh, against the Giants and inferior opponents. So I like the Bucks easily there. All right, Lucas, quick reminder to everybody else. And we'll get out of here on by this week, the Arizona Cardinals, Washington football team, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Houston Texans. Make sure to get those guys out of your lineup. And Lucas, a quick chime in from last week. You were 10 and four. I was nine and five. That brings your total to 50 and 24 on 74 total games since week three. And when we started keeping track, I'm at 47 and 27. So I'm three behind you. Then we have Bobby at 45 and 29 and Dweez at 42 and 32. That'll wrap up episode 293 the late game slate catches tomorrow with Chris Benavides of the commission FFP to break down and recap the week seven TCK recap and preview week eight tune in because Lucas and I had a dog fight in the listener league. And I would love for everybody to hear about the outcome in that one. <laughs> so tune in tomorrow for episode 294 for my man, Lucas Kaser. I'm your host, Scott Guasco, and we are out of here.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.